And I want you to think of this. When you get to heaven, if Jesus did an audit of how you spent your church's money, would he go, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or would he go... Hey, welcome back to the Church Made Simple podcast, where we're all about helping you kill confusion and make church simple. Make the how and the why we do church simple again. This is episode four. I'm your host, Stephen Kilgore, and it is so exciting to be four episodes deep. We launched the first three last week, and we are moving forward in our conversation around the mission of our church. Before we dive into this, though, do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever weird platform you found that you love podcasts on, uh, and then share this with somebody else. And if you like what we're doing, rate and review. That will help us get more followers, helps the algorithm push it out to more people. I'm really excited about today because we've been talking about simplifying our mission, simplifying our mission statement specifically, but figuring out, you know, are we mission-driven or are we ministry-driven? Are we a local church because we have a mission that reflects that and we're living it, we're executing it, or are we a ministry? We're supplemental to what the local church does, and identifying that has been so important. But if you are in your church, you've worked this out, you've got the discussion guides, and you've simplified your mission statement down to one clear sentence, and you have simplified it down to this is who we are and this is why we exist, then I want to give you five things today that you need to do as a church. These are things I wish I could go back and tell myself from when I first started. Five things that you need to do with your mission. So let's jump in. Number one is this, memorize the mission. Yeah, if you're the pastor, definitely you need to memorize it because you need to be saying it constantly But if you're a part of a church and you have a mission statement at your church and it's a reflection of who your church is, why your church exists, memorize that. Put it in your heart. Pray over that mission. Know the verbiage of your mission because this is what you're going to use in number two, which is you're going to learn to communicate your mission. Communicating the mission of your church is what allows you to memorize it better. So commit it to memory and then start saying it. When people ask you, what's your church all about? Use your mission statement as the reference point, as the focal point. Hey, when you invite somebody to church, they want to know what you're about. And if you can't tell them clearly, or if you're jumbling around using a bunch of different scriptures and stuff, man, it's going to throw them off. Just get right to the point. Our church is all about X. Our church is all about this. Whatever it is, memorize it and communicate it. Now, if you're a part of the church, if you're on the platform of your church, if you are the pastor of your church, you're the ministry director, leader, whatever you call it, listen, you need to be communicating your mission every single time you're around the people of your church, not just outside, but especially inside. It needs to be over-communicated. Communicate it until everybody is sick of it. It needs to be on every promotional material you have going out there, which by the way, that's a whole nother podcast episode. What promotional material do we actually need as church? But if you've got invite cards, Put your mission statement on your invite cards. That way, when somebody sees it, it sparks their curiosity. They want to know what your church is about. When you're on the platform, we do it this way. We'll say, hey, welcome to Revive, where we exist to introduce real people to the real Jesus. So every time in our greeting, we have this coming out of our mouths. 
whatever you can put it in your message, put it in your message. Hey church, I just want to remind you, you know, as we're reading through the scripture, this really matches up with who we are as a church. We exist to do this. This is why we exist. Communicate that mission until everybody is vomiting it back up, until you are getting complaints of people waking up at 3 a.m. And that's all they can think about when they're going to the bathroom in the middle of the night is the mission statement of your church. It needs to be that much communication, that much communication going on. Third thing is this, learn to execute the mission. There's no point in having a mission statement if you're not actually going to execute the mission. If you're in the military, you've been in the military, you understand this. If your commanding officer gives you the operation that you're supposed to fulfill, the mission of your patrol or your platoon, whatever you call it, guess what? You're going to execute it. You don't just sit around and talk about how good it is. You don't just sit around and celebrate it once a week. No, you live it out. You execute it. And part of execution is teaching people. Remember, if you're a local church, the whole part, the whole core of your mission, whatever that statement is, is to not just make disciples, but to equip the people of your church. And so teaching them how to execute that mission, encouraging them to execute that mission, and then you live it out. If you're a part of your church and you're not living out the mission, then you're not really all in on what your church is doing. And maybe that's a problem internally. Maybe you see your church as a social club. This is where my friends hang out, or this is where I get the most attention. Well, you're not at church to get attention. The attention shouldn't be on you solely. The attention should be on Jesus. And so if your church's mission is to glorify Jesus, there are ways that you can do that. And if you don't have clarification, ask the leaders of your church, hey, what are the ways I can live this out? What are the ways I can execute the mission of our church in my daily life? But as pastors, we are called to equip people to do that. Use practical examples in your sermons. Uh, Share stories about the execution of the mission and why it's so important. And that leads to number four, which is celebrate your mission. Celebrate it. I'm not a natural celebrator. I don't celebrate. I don't think to celebrate things. I am so focused on what I have to do now and then 10 steps down the road. I'm thinking 10 years in the future right now as I'm talking. Um, So it's hard for me to really focus and celebrate. But one of the best pieces of, of advice I got from a senior pastor who had been around for 40 something years in ministry, he said, if I could tell myself one thing going back, it would be to celebrate these small wins. Don't overlook these things. And that's a challenge for somebody who like, like me is wired to think forward, forwardly and keep moving and, and has a little bit of ADD, whatever you want to call it. It's a gift and a curse sometimes, but you're, you're moving forward so quickly you forget to celebrate. And so I have to stop myself and just go, man, thank you, God, for this. Celebrate things as a church. Teach your small groups, your connect groups, however you title them. Ours is connect groups. Teach your groups to celebrate the mission. Uh, Teach your groups to talk about the mission. Teach your groups to bring stories about the mission. Um, And if you have a church that has a good media team and you have a good camera, like I'm not saying you should always do this, but if you can make it look nice, you know, film somebody sharing a little bit about how the mission impacted them. They're at your church because of the mission, because somebody was executing the mission and they found Jesus because of them. So learn to celebrate however you can. One of the easiest ways to do this, I see a lot of churches doing this now, is they post a picture of someone from their church and they share that person's story in the caption. You don't have to have a video. Just have a a picture of a family that just got baptized and share their story. Like simple things like that can celebrate the mission of your church. So those are the first four. Now here's, let's let's talk about the fifth one. This is where we're really going to dive in. We're going to talk about filtering 
the mission. Uh, filtering everything, I should say, filtering everything through your mission. Your mission, its number one priority is not just the purpose, but it's to filter everything that you do as a church. So you created a simple verbiage, and now you're going to have to learn to filter through uh, three things through your mission. Three things have to be filtered at all times. The first is your verbiage has to be filtered through the mission. Uh, we have had to pivot on a lot of our verbiage, and we still are working on this. Sometimes you have to train yourself to think through the statements you're making and make sure they match up with your mission. So if you're going to talk about what your church is doing, point back to the mission. If you can't talk about what your church is doing and point back to your mission, either you shouldn't be talking about it or you shouldn't be doing it. But your verbiage should be flowing out of that mission. We exist to introduce real people to the real Jesus. We exist to connect people to Jesus and each other. Whatever it is for your church, whatever that mission statement is, adjust your verbiage. Filter your verbiage through that mission statement. The verbiage of your sermons should be filtered through the mission. You've got to find ways to implement the core purpose of your mission, that mission statement, into your sermons. So that means that you may have to adjust how you communicate. And I know people don't like that, especially pastors. We all think we're the best communicator in the world, right? No, we're not. We can always be growing. We can always be adjusting. We can be fluent in the mission because we are practicing putting it into our sermons, adjusting our verbiage to match up. The verbiage of your services, I mentioned this, should be filtered through your mission. When people are on stage talking, when your worship leader, maybe you have a worship leader that, you know, you give them five minutes of free time to to talk about something. You know, if they're just sharing the same old story about how their life sucked and then, you know, all of a sudden they found Jesus and it's the same thing over and over. It's real depressing and it really brings everybody down. Then maybe you need to talk to them, have a crucial conversation about filtering what they're going to minister to people through the mission point back to the mission. Again, well, when you say welcome to our church, welcome to our church where we then share your mission statement. Say it every time you possibly can, but your verbiage needs to match up to it. Uh, one of the things we were coached to do at Revive is to create what's called a word bank. And you can create a shared document among leaders in your church or key people in your church and put words in there that you find yourself saying on a regular basis, things that are kind of uh, internal language or insider language for people, and define what that is and, and make notes in this document of whether or not it points back to the mission. Does this match up with our mission? If it doesn't, then we need to erase it from our language at our church. If it's something that celebrates the mission, it points back to the mission, let's highlight it and say, let's use this phrase or this terminology much more consistently because it points back to our mission. And that's a very easy thing to do. Do a, a Google sheet, a Google whatever document, uh, just something that you can share with key people in your church so that they know what you're saying. And then when you establish what that verbiage is, again, over-communicate it, vomit it up, make it sound so annoyingly fresh every single time because you're excited about your mission. So we're going to filter our verbiage through the mission of our church. Second thing is, and this is a little bit more of a delicate conversation, we're going to filter our activities through the mission of our church. Now, notice I didn't say ministries because I, I believe that there are ministries in our church that do point back to the mission. And we talked about that in a, a couple episodes ago. 
you know, are you a, a local church or are you a ministry? Are, are you doing something that's supplemental to the mission of your church? And maybe you shouldn't be a church. You should be a third-party ministry. Or um, are you actually a church posing as a ministry? But specifically, I'm talking about activities. And so, uh, because we've already touched on that, but specifically when I talk about, you know, activities of our church, the first thing that comes to mind, smaller churches are much more in tune with this. We don't do this ever anymore, but, you know, potlucks, like that thing still exists. I love that it still exists. And, you know, in smaller churches, I get it. It's a tight knit community. And so uh, we we had a guy one time who showed up at the church and he was asking us about renting our facility. We were real honored by that because we have a really nice facility. We put a lot of work into it. But he said, um, where is your, I don't know what he, word he used, like your event room or whatever. And I said, well, we don't have one because the way our church is built, we have the main sanctuary, hallways, and a bunch of classrooms. And we try to create space in different rooms as much as possible and as much in the hallways. But the way it was built originally about 50 years ago, we just can't do anything with it. We don't have an event hall, I think is the term he used. And, and I said, well, we don't have one. And he goes, well, where do you eat together after church? And I go, uh, wherever people want to go eat, Golden Corral, uh, Carabas, Taco Bell, I don't know. And he just was shocked by this, but their church eats every weekend after service, you know, and I get it, but can I ask you a question? <laughs> Honestly, is that potluck really something that is forwarding your mission? I know it's not easy to hear, but seriously, is it celebrating your mission? Does it point back to your mission? Does it support the mission? Are you accomplishing the mission? Can you celebrate it? Can you celebrate that activity because it helped your church grow in the mission of your church? What activities are you doing? And I say activities, not ministries for a specific purpose because the men's breakfast, do you need a men's breakfast or do you just do it because that's the way your church has done it for a hundred years? Is it actually accomplishing the mission or do you just eat and guys complain about their lives? Uh, do you need the women's breakfast? Are you actually doing something to forward the mission? Are you pointing back to it? Are you focusing on it? Or is it just a social thing? Like, think about this because there's a lot of resources that can be invested into these activities that could be used to support the mission. And if we're not careful, we will allow activities to overrun the mission. And before we know it, like I said, we're not a church anymore. We're a social club. We're an outing. We are a ministry. We're something else that is not what God has ordained the local church to be. Here's one for you. Um, does decorating the entire church help you with your mission? Now, you might be able to argue, yes. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not asking you to think about it for a second. Like The way that you are decorating your church, does it point back to your mission? Or is it just you have a decorating committee and it's a bunch of old ladies who have been around forever and so we honor them by letting them put whatever color they want on the walls, you know? Uh, think through this. Like, Does it point back to your mission? This is one for us. We did this early on in the church. We did it once, maybe twice, and we said, we'll never do it again. Does that yard sale really, really forward your mission? I'm talking to the small to mid-sized churches here like us. Yeah, like, does it really forward your mission to have the yard sale? Bob, the pastor, we're raising money. I get it, but what's that money being used for? What was the point of the yard sale? Did you actually, did you break even? Did you lose money? Did you make money? What was the point of it? Was your mission being accomplished? Is there something afterward? And I'm not saying you don't have, I'm not saying you don't do these things. I'm asking you to think as a filter. Use your mission as a filter to make sure that every activity that happens is pointing back and celebrating, accomplishing, effectively executing your mission. 
One of the biggest reasons your mission has to become an active filter and one that's talked about consistently is because it will challenge people in the church to think differently about their own ideas. So I want to talk to the people who you are the idea person at your church. You're not on staff. You're not in charge. You're not the pastor, but you are that person. When you walk into the church building, you have a million ideas for your church. Every church has you, and we love having you because you challenge us as leaders to think differently. But I want to challenge you for a second. When you walk in and you have this big idea and you talk to your pastor right as they're about to go up to preach or right as they come down off of preaching and you accost them and you're like, Pastor, I need to talk to you right now. Hey, I really think we should do, and you fill in the blank with this long explanation of something fun you saw some other church do on social media, the thing your last church did, or just an idea you had. You were at your kid's softball game and another parent told you about it. You know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Before you went to talk to your pastor, did you think to yourself, honestly, hey, does this have anything to do with our mission as a church? Or is this just my preference? Do I just have an idea and I want somebody to value that idea? Or do I value the mission more than my own idea? Like if you took the time, and I'm telling you, you'll have such a better relationship with your pastor as well if you'll do this. If you take a second and pray and go, God, help me filter this idea through our mission as the local church. For my local church, this is the mission. Here's my idea. Does it match up? Does it support the mission? Or is it just something that I really want to do? Because if it's something you really want to do, go do it. Just invite some people over to your house and do the event. But you don't need to bring the whole church into it because you thought of something fun or creative if it didn't point to the mission. Because what we'll do if we're not careful is we'll create these ideas. And then sometimes if you're, you know, if you're that person who's a type A personality, you might accost your type B personality pastor, which is not me, by the way. And they're like, oh, okay. And now you've kind of used church resources, the people, the money, the time, and you've pulled away from the mission. And so effectively what you've done is you have caused this rift in the church where now the church is going backward and they're less effective in their mission, all because you had to do this event or this activity. Does it point to the mission? Now, I'm not against fun things. I'm not against, you know, great creative ideas. We have people in our church, they have ideas all the time and we love them, but man, their brains work at a million miles an hour. And the only time they have with us to really talk to these ideas is that Sunday morning in that little time frame that they have here at the church. Because Monday through Friday, they're working, they're parents, they're, they're going to college, whatever it is. So when they show up on Sunday and they see you as the pastor, they think, I got to tell them about this right now before I forget. And because they're so excited in the moment, they haven't had time to really think through these other things of what it's actually going to take, whether or not it actually accomplishes the mission. And so when you say no, they feel really hurt. So I've had to start doing this and I've told people flat out and it does still hurt feelings. It does. But, you know, people get over it. They, they find the reason. I've had to tell them before, hey, listen, that's a great idea, but it's not something that our church needs to do because it doesn't help our mission. It's not something that we're going to plan. We plan our entire year. We plan all these big events and we have this focus of if we're going to do something, it's going to support our mission. And so when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I really think we should do this. I have to just lovingly tell them, listen, I think that's a great idea. I love that you're thinking about these things. However, it doesn't sound like it points to the mission. Now, sometimes you might have somebody who goes back and thinks about it 
and recreates the idea to point back to the mission. That's awesome. Then you can start having a conversation about whether or not you have the resource to do it. You have the time to do it. You have the staff or the volunteers available to do it. But in that quick moment, if you as the pastor will just lovingly say, hey, I think that's great. It sounds really fun, but it's not something for our church to do because our mission is this, then man, what you've just done is you've drawn a line in the sand and you've created a filter that everyone can respect because everyone's bought in on this mission. Remember, you've taken now weeks and months to get this mission in their heads. They're living this, they're breathing this, they're executing this, they're celebrating this. So when an idea comes up that's foreign to the mission, it helps them respectfully go, you're right, let me rethink this. Or, hey, this may not be the thing for us. Let me go do it with my small group or let me go do it with my neighbors, however that works, right? So we're gonna filter our verbiage through the mission. We're gonna filter our activities through the mission. And lastly, we're gonna filter our finances through the mission. And I remember the year that our board of directors had this conversation. We sat at the table and we established that anything we're going to spend, anything, and we don't look at it as spending uh, because we stopped spending money. What we've done is we've changed our verbiage. We don't spend money. We invest money back into the mission of our church. Everything that we are going out financially, everything that comes out of our bank account goes into the mission. It's invested back into the mission. And this is a challenge because before we really had established our mission and used it as a filter for our financial spending, sometimes I would just buy things. I thought what our church needed it. So I was just going to go get it. It was accessible. But once we had some, some systems in place and some processes in place, and the biggest thing was we're going to use the mission as a filter. I didn't spend money as much anymore. And so everything that we do is now filtered through the mission. Right now, we're working on a parking lot for our church. We have an older building and we have this asphalt parking lot with like 24 spaces and we needed additional parking. Our church has grown. When it rains, we can't park in the grass because it's not grass anymore. It's mud. Uh, and so we need concrete parking. And we sat down and we were like, does this help us accomplish our mission or does it feed Pastor Stephen's vanity? Like, do we really need a parking lot? Well, the answer was yes, absolutely. But we could prove that because our attendance is going up. We don't have a place to park. We have seen people. We've had people who have actually come to visit our church and have said, I have gone to the church down the street because you didn't have parking when I showed up. Man, we don't ever want that. So we, we're going to make room for more people. But this investment we're making into this is going to help us accomplish our mission. So what are the things that you're spending money on right now that aren't helping you accomplish your mission? It's not supporting your church. It's supporting your vanity or it's supporting the committee that you have in place that shouldn't be in place, or it is acquiescing the senior member of your church or your denomination or whoever it is. See, the money that we have in the church is not our money. It is not my money. It is not our financial director's money. It's not the bank's money. When it is transferred from someone else's account to the church's account, it becomes God's money solely. I know everything is God's, but I want you to think of this. When you get to heaven, if Jesus did an audit of how you spent your church's money, would he go, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or would he go, uh, hey, why did you buy that new what scooter? Like, Why did you go buy the Apple Vision Pro? Did you actually need that for your church? Did it actually help? Now, look, I love Apple stuff, but what are you doing? Are you just spending it because you think you want it or you need it? Or are you actually investing in the mission of your church? When we started focusing on investing in the mission rather than just spending money for the ministry, it changed everything. 
And because of that, we're now able to say no to so many things that come up, so many things we might think we need to spend money on, but we can think differently about it. If it doesn't support the mission, we don't spend the money. So what happens? Well, it stays in our account. And now we have more money built up for the mission later on. And now we're not struggling and we don't have to take up 45-minute offerings because we have a bunch of debt and we need more and we have to have this and we have to have that. Listen, if you got to spend more time taking up an offering than you do preaching your sermon, your finances are completely out of whack and you need to start filtering how you invest money rather than how you spend money. So now we are blessed beyond control. It's, it's amazing, but it started with us taking some practical action and saying, hey, we're going to filter what we spend and we're going to change it to we are investing into the mission. So these are the three things that you got to do. You got to filter through your verbiage. You got to filter through your activities. You have to filter through your finances. If you will do those three things. And hey, let me talk to you too. Again, you're not the pastor. You're a part of your church. Filter those three things through the mission of your life as well. If you're a part of a church and you believe in the mission of your church, filter your finances through the mission. Do you tithe? Do you give generously to your church? Filter your activities. Do you make the mission of your church Monday through Saturday as seriously as you do on Sundays? Like, Are the activities of your life matching up with that mission? Do you filter the way you live life through the mission? Do you filter your verbiage through the mission? Or are you that person that says, well, the Holy Spirit lets me cuss because I can reach the lost? That's on you, bro. I don't believe in that mess. But do you filter the things of your life through the mission that you claim to be invested in? That's a heart check for all of us. So as we close this episode, I want to share with you what we're going to talk about next episode. We're going to talk next week about red flags to your mission red flag big ugly red flag i'm gonna get a red flag for this next episode i can wave it because i need you to understand there are red flags to your mission and when you have the signals going off you see these things it can become detrimental to your mission i'm gonna point these out very clearly very simply it will help you listen if you're excited about church made simple you're listening to this you're getting fed from this there's a couple things you can do to really help us number one rate and review the podcast Get on there. Give us a five-star review. Or if you hate it, like give us a five-star anyway and then tell us why you hate it. Just help us out a little bit. No, uh, number two, uh, not just subscribe, but share it with other people. We want to get the word out about how we can kill confusion and make church simple again. Number three, sign up for the discussion, guys. This gives you an opportunity to talk maybe with your small group, maybe with your leadership, your board of directors around these conversations that were happening, happen, happening in these episodes, excuse me, having is what I meant to say in these episodes. And that way you can dive a little bit deeper with these questions. They'll open you up to have some healthy conversation among key leaders in your church or key people that you're around and you want to live on mission. Uh, last but not least, find us on Facebook. We have the Church Made Simple Facebook group. We're trying to build that up, get some community in there so people can meet each other, toss around some ideas, throw some things in the Facebook group that you want to hear about. How can we help your church? How can I have some content that speaks directly to what your church is dealing with when it comes to confusion? And if you don't want to put it publicly, send me a DM on Instagram, threads, Twitter, TikTok, all those things. We're trying to do all those things as much as possible, but share some thoughts, some questions, ideas. We want to get feedback so we can help minister to you and really just guide you. We're not here to run things in your church. We're here to help you uh, establish how you can kill confusion and make things simple. I'm just a guide. That's really all I am. And 
Listen, as we close out, I'm going to say this every episode. Making church simple is a journey. It's not a destination. It's not something you magically wake up and you've done. It's something you're constantly doing line upon line, precept upon precept, step by step, day by day, week by week, month by month, and even year by year. But I'm here to be on this journey with you, and I'm grateful that you're allowing me to do it. So until next time, go kill confusion, get your mission right, and let's make church simple.